Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats went 2-0 in the Cincinnati basketball tournament this past weekend, beating Detroit Mercy 93-61 in Eastern Washington, 85 85- to 73. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, I was just happy to see Vic have one of those games where it feels like he was kind of getting his feet under him. So that was that was the main thing. I think that was the Eastern Washington game as well. So um, and also John Newman, man, he's been jumping all over the place, dunking on people like every game. So uh, that was pretty dope. But uh, I was happy to see Vic kind of establish himself especially with the waiver situation and just him having to be that guy so that was uh that was what i was really excited for and happy to see neil did the the bearcats do what you expected them to do in this tournament yeah i think they did and that was really take control of what they can control obviously jt mentioned it it started with a guy like john newman providing big energy there obviously he's been a high flyer and the first three games, I mean, he's got a poster in each game, so that's great. But they limit the turnovers. They've played smart ball. I mean, the first game they shot five for 23 from deep uh, versus UIC, and then they really came out and they shot the ball well versus uh, Eastern Washington and Detroit Mercy. So overall, they did what they can control. They didn't really turn the ball over. They stayed out of foul trouble for the most part, and they just handled uh, handle business. They weren't trying to rush anything. They weren't trying to take those early shots in the shot clock. They just played their game and everything was flowing. So overall, I thought they did everything they could have done in terms of what we talked about on the previous podcast in order to win big first Detroit Mercy and Eastern Washington. Hey, I, I was pleased with the first half of Detroit Mercy. Uh, well, we scored 60 points holding uh, Detroit Mercy to 27 in the first half. Now that's impressive. Uh, I think we lost the second half battle, um, and, I, and I think we really settled a little bit that game. It was great to see C.J. Frederick continue his hot you know, three-point shooting. Um, like J.T. said, man, John, John Newman is showing how valuable he is to this basketball team. And I just love that the guys, you know, were in double figures. I think six guys, Neil, you're, you're the big stat guy. I think six of our guys were in double figures for that Detroit Mercy game. So you could see some things happening and some wheels turning for some guys. That was great to see. Now, in the Eastern Washington game, a couple things that I saw, a couple areas of concern. We only forced 10 turnovers. And like I said before, this team, this Bearcat basketball team, is going to have to force a lot of turnovers if they're not going to have these two bigs for the rest of the season. So I was hoping for a little bit more from the turnover category. Um, now, on the flip side, we only had seven. 
So I love that. And anytime we keep it under 10, that is great. Now, I think moving forward, we have to cause a lot of turnovers every single game. Um, Day Day, I, I got to shout out Day Day. I, I think he's getting better and better. Uh, and man, Bearcat fans are just going to love this kid. And if you notice, Neil, every game, no matter what, Day Day is smiling while he's playing. Have you noticed that? He is always smiling, and he's always trying to catch a body in the aftermath of it. I love it. I love so, it. I mean, he tried on Sunday, and he, he came pretty close to catching an absolute body over a guy that was a foot taller than him, too. But, <laughs> nah, he, he's always smiling. I know when we talked to him earlier in the season, he was just – every question about his game, he was like, I just want to do what's best for my team. Uh, he was the team first guy, and you could get that sense. And, overall, he was just a guy, a positive – high energy, just happy to be there and just wanted to do whatever he could to help this Bearcats team. And that becomes very infectious um, to everybody involved. So uh, Vic, I, I do want to talk about Vic a little bit. Um, JT, you mentioned him. It's great to see Vic start to turn a corner. And, and honestly, I mean, he played well. I think 26 and 11, uh, two for three from three-point land. And the crazy thing is I, I don't even think he played great I think he's barely even scratched the surface of what he's capable of doing. I think there were spots where he really turned things on. And, and I mean that in a positive way that, man, JT, Vic has so much potential, man. He hadn't even tapped into everything yet. For sure. And it's just good to see him being able to do that face-up, man. You know, he had a couple of threes, which is good. And if he could do that, maybe not even a three game. I just think the solid face-up on that pick-and-roll – it's going to help, you know. You're going to, you know, you still have the option to dive. So, I think it just with a with a guard like Day Day, and, and Jizzle, um, it makes it real, real dynamic with a big man that can pick and pop, or he can roll. Then, if those teams, you know, they're not fleet of foot, you know, you can just kind of do whatever you want to do. So, I just think that him expanding his game just gives the Bearcats so many more options in offense and being able to run different sets. No question. Now let's let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room, and that's Rayvon Griffith. And you know we've talked about it in the past podcast. I I, I really thought this weekend he was going to get some time. JT, you even mentioned that that he was going to get some time. Yeah. So, you know, and and that was and I'm thinking I'm watching. I can't remember if it's the Detroit Mercy game or one of the games, and I'm going, man, something's going on. And, you know, people – the one thing I I, I I caution people with is people were starting to spread rumors that, you know, something happened, he did something, he was late to this and that. And so I basically called, you know, Trey Dees. Uh, Trey's a very, very good friend of mine, really great dude, great mentor to a lot of young people. And, you know, he to, – to Rayvon, he's – He's a brother. He's he's a mentor. Um, he, he's been there every step of, of Ray's journey. And I, I called Trey and I said, hey, man, you know, what was going on? Just just want to check in on things. And, you know, and, and the thing is, we got to remember this. Ray is in a position where you've got other veteran guys ahead of you. So you got to beat these guys out, JT, before the season even starts. Right. Yeah. You've got to show. And he, he didn't show that early on. And he's behind veterans. And, and I think the difference is you look at Jizzle, 
Jill's was probably making the same mistakes that Ray's making. Yeah. It's just that it's out of necessity. Jizzle has to play. Yep. That, right, that's, that's exactly it. Like, because first game, Jizzle solid on offense, of course. Like, I feel like he's doing He's still going to make a couple of freshman mistakes. But on defense, even, you know, Wes pointed out, not, I even saw it before the game, like, while watching the game, like, oh, and that was on Jizzle. Like, it might not have been the person that – his guy might have scored or might have been the next pass, but it was like, oh, they got broke down off Jizzle. He might have – he had initial good defense, but then off the pass, he wasn't – he was sleep or certain stuff that freshmen do. You know, just it's a different ball game where people probably after the pass in high school probably not even thinking about trying to cut on Jizzle. You know what I mean? Because he who he is, they're like, uh, I'm going to stay out here. You know, but in college, it, it, it's, it's a different ball game. But – you know, when you have Day Day who hadn't before the season started, he hadn't played D, technically D1 basketball, even though he was Juco. So, you know, he was going to play. Jizzle was going to have to play, even though Seamus can can play point when need be. It, it was one of those things like you got to you have to let Jizzle play because if yep. you don't, then where, where's your depth going to be at when you get to the Big 12 season? So you got to live with it. Whereas um, Ray Vaughn, you know, you got Dan, you got John coming back, you you know, got Reed, you know, and I'm, you know, CJ, essentially, you know, all these people that are veteran people that have been there, been through the system um, or even played like top tier college basketball. So, you know, you can't just if you don't if you mess up on certain things, it, it won't slide as much because they don't they have the depth where they're like, all right, we love you. But you got to wait a little bit, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things um, where at the end of the day, it's going to be, I think it's going to be beneficial for him because he'll have to, I mean, he seems like a kid that's going to put in the work. So I'm not worried about that. I just think it's just one of those things, man. You got so much time and so many people that are at the same spot or in the same positions. It's just, it's just tough. And and, and I'm kind of torn. So I was thinking about this to, to ask you guys your opinion do you redshirt Ray at this point, or you know, do you do you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna let him play if you're coach? So I, I've been torn on this, and I'm, and I'm gonna tell you why. I, I absolutely love Rayvon. Like I've I've watched him grow up. You know, I got a chance to know him over the last couple of years personally. He's a fantastic kid. He's gonna be a fantastic Bearcat basketball player. And I'm torn. I'm like. Yo, I want to see the kid do well this year, and we might need him if the two bigs don't get eligible, and we need to add that dynamic of that length on the wing and, you know, putting Skillings and Newman and Ray on the court. To yeah, say, I want to see that. Man. I want to see that. But at the same time, what we talked about last podcast, and we talk about that those long-term goals, you got Tyler and Tyler coming in next season. You're going to have more kids coming in after that. So if you redshirt them and then you've got them, I mean – we're talking about that that national championship level. So so part of me, like I'm I'm conflicted a little bit. Uh Neil, what, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, me personally, I would I would love to see him out there. Obviously, that's something we have talked about in terms of the offseason where we were like, hey, you can get a lineup with uh if you have to play small, you can go with the lineup of a John Newman, a Rayvon Griffith, uh Rayvon Griffith, the Dan Skillings. And go big, especially with those three right there. We know that Dan's got, we call him Robo or Go Go Gadget arms. I mean, he's long, he's lengthy. We've seen his athleticism. 
And then next thing you know, you can add a Rayvon Griffith there. You can add a John Newman there, who's also been having a great start to the season. Long, lengthy guy. Really great defensively. Me, personally, I would love to see that lineup there. But right now, it might be it might be hard to find himself that time on the court behind guys like Seamus Lukosius, Dan Skillings, John Newman, C.J. Frederick. There's a couple guys ahead of him, and these are all guys who are veteran experiences. I mean, C.J.'s had now what, five or six years of college basketball experience. Seamus Lukosius is coming off a career year at Butler, and he's off to a great start here. And then John Newman's playing the best ball of his career as well. So, I mean, it's just kind of hard to see where he would fit in in terms of that lineup right now. Like if someone got in foul trouble or an injury happened, they maybe save that red shirt and let him play and get in some action. But right now, I mean, uh, we're heading into four games on Sunday when the Bearcats take on NKU. And right now, if it was up to me, I mean, I definitely would think that red shirt would still be an option on the table. Okay, JT, you're Wes Miller today. You're Wes Miller right now. What do you do, JT? Okay, so if I'm Wes Miller right now, with I'm, I'm taking in, in account of not taking about like his rankings, anything like that, not even being hometown. I, I'm erasing that. Just how the first three games have played out. I think the red shirt is on the table and then you pull back if somebody gets injured. Cause I feel like he's still somebody that can help them this year. If need, like if need be, but I just, like we've been talking about, I think it's just a log jam at the position and you kind of think about it. I think of it like almost like Sean Kilpatrick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not to say they got the similar games, you know, Sean Kilpatrick scored 2000 points, but I think, Ray is more dynamic, just from what I've seen, than that, you know. But you know, Sean Kilpatrick was a sniper, you know, played in the NBA a little bit, played a, played a successful overseas, um, had an overseas career that was second to none, right? But I feel like it almost be the same thing if they if they do redshirt him, right? I feel like you have this guy that will be in the system for a whole year that is a top tier talent that has a whole year in the system and gets to see how everything goes. I think it almost, it's almost a cheat code if they can get him to do, if he's down with being a red shirt and everybody's down with it. Right. Honestly, if they can get to the season. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to hear what Mick Cronin told Sean Kilpatrick to red shirt, because honestly, it was a genius thing in terms of Sean Kilpatrick's growth as a Bearcat. Yeah. It really hurt him now age wise, you know, with the NBA and how, you know, they, they look for so much young blood um, yeah. might have hurt him a little bit in that area. But you look at a Rayvon Griffith, man, he is your prototypical prototypical uh, NBA type of player. Yeah. You know he what I'm saying? Three and D. He fits a three and D bill right now. You yep. know what I mean? Person that you could play two, three, possibly four and, you know, athletic guard defend. Hit the, hit the jumper, you know, like he has that, that those capabilities, those things. So, like, even if he red shirts, if he comes out and has a good year, he, I mean, he could be one of those kids that just be like, all right, I'm still done. You know what I mean? If it's that good, I just feel like his, his athleticism, like he's going to test well no matter where he goes. I think he's on people's radar. So, it just depends on, you know, what he thinks is best for him and his family. But I think, as the program, I think it'll be if that's where they want to go. I think it'll be a cheat code if they can get if they get him to do that 
um, and they don't need him. Now, if they need him, you got to do what you got to do. But if they don't need him, you don't want to burn him where he's only playing a couple minutes. I feel like that's almost a disservice. But I feel like next year, as you think about John Newman coming back, you know, that injury has been a gift and a curse for – it's a gift for the program because you got somebody super experienced and you've seen what he's doing. You can't trade that, it's, but it's a curse for Ray because Ray doesn't get to play as much because of John. You know, if you talked last year, we wouldn't have thought John was going to be here this mm-hmm. year, but, you know, the injury early next, you know, early last year. So it is what it is. But, you know, Wes is dealing with those cards that he has. And I think that's one of those things where he just has to make sure he tells the young man, I mean, you know, talks to the young man, family, or whatever, but just talk to him, just like to plan for him. I just think as long as everybody's on the same page, it's going to work out for the best. Well, the Bearcats play NKU today at 2 p.m. in the beautiful Fifth Third Arena. And you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Now, in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, back to you. Who are you looking forward to watch from the Bearcats tonight? This game, honestly, I'm going to go John Newman. Why John Newman? Because he didn't get to play against NKU last year, right? He was he didn't get to play against NKU last year. Nope. He was already hurt, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. he had the operation right before NKU. Yeah, right before that. So I want to see how – because if like he's getting his feet together, I mean, his legs are coming back. So I think he's going to be super important, just how he just imposes his will. You know, that thing, that, that's the guy I really want to see against NKU he he didn't ex, he experienced it on as a different he had a different spectrum of, of experience in that loss so I think he's just going to be gas gas pedal to the you know pedal to the metal against these guys and I think that's going to be good can we get four monster dunks in four games will, will the NKU get will, will Newman keep the streak going JT hey it's very possible well he goes I'm saying yeah, I'm saying, yeah. he pulling it off okay I love it. Neil, who do we need to watch from NKU? Yeah, I think we can start it off with uh, your guy, Sam Vinson, obviously <laughs> returning for his uh, third season at NKU. He had a big sophomore season. He's back again for the Norse. Uh, he led them to the NCAA tournament last year. And then, obviously, alongside Sam Vinson at that point guard position, I mean, Sam wasn't even 100% healthy in last year's matchup. Because if anyone who remembers, yep. I actually covered the NKU game versus UC Claremont just two days before the actual matchup versus UC. And Sam didn't play in that game because he turned an ankle uh, the day before. And it was a pretty severe uh, ankle sprain or whatnot. And then he came back and played versus UC just two days later and ended up putting up like 15 points, if I remember right. So Sam Vinson, a known shooter guy who is going to do whatever he can to get his team to win and he's a guy who if they need a bucket they'll get a bucket from him and so you got Sam Vinson and Marquez Warwick who I feel like has been around for the last like eight years at NKU uh, Ron Faulkner's gone uh, after his sixth year I mean it felt like he was there forever as well but Marquez works back for his final year of eligibility and he looks to really control that uh, Norse offense obviously we know what Marquez Warwick is capable of doing if he gets going. I mean, we saw it last year. I've saw it a couple other times working with the Riverfront. Known score. But look for the Norths to run their offense through Marquez Warwick and Sam Vinson. 
The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. So listen, we need payback versus NKU. That that loss last year was it was so tough, especially like for me, because you know, like you said, Neil, I've got two shining star AU players um, from the program uh, that play for NKU. Sam Vincent being being one of them, and and Mitch Miner, uh, the walk on being the other. And trust me, I heard it from them all year. Like even a week ago, I was still hearing it. Like been nonstop from them. So we need big payback in this game. Now, here's who I want to see come out and have a big breakout game. I want to see number 41, CMOS, break out with a big game. And I, I don't think he's fully showed us what he's capable of. Listen, he's a, he's a big-time player, and this is a game I think he can really show out. And he has such a positive attitude. You know, I text him a couple times after some of these games, and, you know, I don't think he's played – I know deep down inside he knows he hasn't played to the level he's capable of. But man, he's just like, look, the team won and I'm I'm working through it and, and I'm 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 gonna be fine. And he's so confident, you know, in, in what he does and his capabilities. So I, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do. This is the perfect game for him to take that next step. And as we talked about in the past podcast, he needs to be ready for January 9th. They need, JT, and you know this, the Bearcats need CMOS to play well to complete compete in the Big East. On a Big 12, shit, Big East. The Big 12. <laughs> Listen to Big East. We don't Went care. To the, about into the, the portal. Into the time, war, time portal. <laughs> but, but we need him to, to compete in the Big 12, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned Simus. The night after – the day after the UIC game where he shot like two for 11, we had media the next day. Uh, so it just happened to be like we finished up right before they had practice. Seamus Lukosius was the first one out on the court after that loss where he went two for 11 from the field, was the first guy out there uh, for shoot around the very next day. So that shows the work ethic that Simus has. Oh, it's 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 there. And, and he's a confident dude. I just think – you know, like he just needs to settle in. Yeah. He's capable, JT, he's capable of being a leading scorer, the leading assist guy. He's capable of doing all that stuff. For sure. It's like, I'll go off the first game. Like, he might have shot two, what, two or, thir- two or 12 or something like that. But he only had one shot that was a bad shot that didn't go like in and out. That was, you know, like, I was like, oh, I don't think that was a good shot. But besides that, good shots. You can see he knows how to play the game. He's going to make the right play. <laughs> it's just him getting comfortable. With the with the rims at Fifth Third Arena on game day, right, and yeah. holding it down because they're going to need him. But he has to be consistent. I think he has to be like a person that could pop off for twenty when need be, but like a consistent ten to fourteen point score and just fill up the stat sheet type of dude. Yeah, I I, I think this is going to be the game where he takes it to the next level. I'm, I'm excited for him. The Big O segment was sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give local Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513 513- 
739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now getting into the Kenyan segment, sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? And don't allow that zone that NKU throws at them to make them stag in the offense. So I would say don't force the three, like just because that might be, I mean, that's the CJ Frederick. Um, then I'm <laughs> then we can live with it. But I feel like probe first, even if you have the open, try to drive, you know, try to drive, give you a little pull up, get that flow going. Don't just live and die by the three because that two three zone, if you move the ball well enough, that three will be there all day. So I just don't I don't want them to fall in love with it because they have one of those games where they shoot five or twenty-five, it's gonna give you know. NKU already has the confidence that they can come, they can beat the Bearcats, even though this is a different team. They did it last year. You don't want to give them more confidence. You want to kind of, you know, that, that fire, you want to put a little, you want to stoke that out ASAP. So don't don't uh settle for the three. Now, if that's the good shot, cool, but don't don't settle for it. Pro, try to try to gut them. That's, now, my, yeah. that's my thing. Now, Neil, I talked about that get back. We've got to get that get back versus NKU, and I want to see the Bearcats win big. What do they need to do to win big? Yeah, I think it goes back to what JT mentioned. You just can't let the zone give you uh, troubles. I mean, last year they shot, uh, what was it, four for 24 or something like that in the second half. I think they only had like 11 points in the second half. (laughs) So, I mean, you just can't let that zone – give you any troubles because if there's one thing I can tell you about this NKU team, they're going to play that matchup zone the whole time. They will play it the whole time. They might show a little bit man to start, but they live and die by that zone defense. And coach Horn has been playing that zone defense for many years of his career. And NKU has adapted to it really well. So I think right now you just can't let that zone frustrate you and get cause those early turnovers miscommunication uh, errors just can't let that zone frustrate you and I mean we saw it last year where it was quickly yeah they got off to a quick start there in the first or first couple minutes of the second half and then boom cold for like I think they were held without a field goal for nearly like 10 minutes of that second half so obviously uh Eastern Washington and Detroit Mercy showed a little bit of zone over uh the past weekend so Wes Miller did say after the Eastern Washington game like yeah they were going to work on some zone stuff heading into this one so be curious to see what comes out on Sunday afternoon versus NKU but for them to win big they have to limit the turnovers and they have to take advantage of that zone defense whether it's the pick and pops the anything to kind of get that offense going to dribble penetration whatever they got to do to get that opportunity going. I mean, they're going to have a lot of open shots, I feel like, especially with this new roster. Uh, CJ Frederick, be a guy to keep an eye on, John Newman. So overall, if they can find ways to attack that zone and find the pitch out to a guy like CJ, John, whoever it may be, that's going to be the key matchup here of this one for them to win big is knock down the shots, find ways to attack the zone and keep their turnovers under 10. I feel like we always talk about the turnovers, 
But if you can keep the turnovers under 10, you're in great hands. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, NKU's one and two, and their two losses, they gave up 74 and 75 points. So I think we need to score 75 and above. And I think this will come from showing our versatility in scoring, right? So, again, I need CMOS to really step up and be that factor. If Vic continues to do what he does, that then opens up a guy like CJ. And, Neil, I know you talked about CJ. Trust me, NKU is not going to leave CJ open. The way CJ is going to get shots is when CMOS starts cooking, Vic starts cooking. Day Day, hopefully he keeps growing and do in doing what he's doing. That's gonna then lead a guy like CJ open, and that's the backbreaker. Boom. And I'm gonna tell you this: when CJ's feet are set, and man, he's straight up and down, just run back. Don't even worry about rebounding the basketball. It, it, it's in. Um, and then and then lastly, defensively, um, I think we need to hold them under 60. And that means we need to get them to turn the basketball over. And I know this seems a little little extreme, but I think we need to use this game to continue to work on turning over other teams with our speed and our length. Um, I think the goal should be close to 20 turnovers for NKU to push them um, to that. And they're going to have to really heat up um, uh, the guard, uh, Michael Bradley, right? I think that's the guard's name for NKU. They're going to have to heat him up. Uh, make him, you know, have seven turnovers, have a, a lot of turnovers. And I, I think I think this game is bigger than people realize. Not not only that we need that get back, but also I think it's kind of that game that turns the corner for this Bearcat team in terms of them coming together and, and reaching that level that they need to be on January 9th when they head to BYU. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now it's time for the Twyman segment, sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. And fellas, I think there's only one hot topic to discuss. And that is Drizzy Drake wearing the Cincinnati basketball jersey in that video. Now, Neil, was it on? Was it originally on Drake's IG story? Is that right? Yeah, it was originally on Drake's IG story, and then Brandon Seho uh, screen grabbed the video and put it on Twitter, which kind of blew it up a little bit. But yeah, it was originally on his IG story. Shout out, shout out to uh, Brandon Seha. I do want to say this, you know, obviously he used to be a reporter at uh, WLWT Channel 5 here locally, and he's doing great, great things with his uh, mental game podcast and really helping out a lot of people, man. Shout out to uh, Brandon Seha, really, really good dude in our area doing great things. Yeah, and I'll second that. If you guys haven't checked out Brandon's podcast, the mental game podcast, make sure to go tap into it. Obviously, what he's doing right now with that podcast is, incredible especially the world we're living in he is affecting lives day in and day out with this podcast all around the world being a big vocal advocate for mental health so if you guys haven't checked out that podcast i would 100 percent recommend go checking out brandon seho and what he's doing with that mental games podcast now jt what did you think 
when you first saw that video of Drake wearing the basketball jersey? It didn't make sense at first, but <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, but not no joke. No, but what I thought of, like, what I was trying to tell people from the beginning, like people thought the brand, the apparel deals don't matter. Like when people were like, "Oh, it's just a matter about how much money." I mean, at the end end of the day, what Under Armour was giving the Bearcats when that deal happened, that was good for them, especially them not being in the Power Five conference. But what it does, what it did culturally. Man, but the it, it had no no gumption, it had no no substance. And I was trying to tell people like Jordan and Nike to the Bearcats is like peanut butter and jelly, it goes together, and you talk see that. that. Talk you that stuff, me? JT. Talk that I'm stuff, baby. Telling, I'm trying to tell people they try they don't listen to me, they think I'm just talking just to be talking. It's peanut butter and jelly, it goes together, and you see that like no matter what how this happened, no matter <laughs> with. Drake wearing a, a a Bearcats jersey that fast. How long have the Bearcats been back with Jordan? How long officially? Now don't talk about how people know him before. <laughs> right, right. Officially, how long have the Bearcats been back with Jordan? Uh, not three long. months, roughly. Three All months. Right. And then one of the the top artists, one of the top artists in the rap game is wearing mysteriously pops up with a with a Bearcats jersey once they're back with Jordan, right? Mm. But if I, what I want to say is, if that was Under Armour, there's no damn way nope. Drake is wearing that. Nope. Right? But yes. everybody's, oh, it's Under Armour. It doesn't matter. It does matter. These kids, this, no, no, you know how, how great is recruiting for that? Just think about it. Don't even worry about if you like Drake or not. What's the recruiting like pitch? Look, Drake might wear your jersey just on a humble. Man, how big is that? Come on, man. Come right? on now. Come on now. Now just think about that. So it's just like it's it's stuff that you can't you can't quantum quantum. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't quantify because you don't understand it. And like it's not about the money, it's about the look. And Jordan and you see it just goes together, man. It's a good colorway. It's most normal Jordans have that natural colorway. It looks good together, and it's just it's it's good, man. It's just a, it just goes together, man. It's just like peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly is it's a, uh, you know, charcoal and grilling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, you know what I'm saying? It's the, it, the grass. It's, you know what I'm saying? Cutting the grass and trimming, trimming. You know what I'm saying? It all goes together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Neil. You you've got Drake wearing the Cincy jersey. You've got Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. So hey, it, 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 <laughs> JT's cracking up. Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. It's only a, it's only a matter of time before before Tay Tay. Can I call her Tay Tay? Before Taylor is wearing some UC stuff, right? She's gonna have on a UC coat or something at some point. Uh, a, a Travis throwback jersey. And oh, hope. You know that like. You talk about the two biggest stars musically in the world. Like Taylor, obviously, is global. Drake is global. I mean, and let, let's just be honest, man. The, the world revolves around Cincinnati, Ohio, right now. Like it's it all comes here, bro. Seriously, but 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 Neil, a, after you closely looked at that video and, and saw that jersey, I mean, it didn't have the Jumpman on the jersey. It had the flag on it. 
which made me go, yo, that's the OG Eric Hicks jersey. Did you notice that, Neil? I did. I did notice that. But first off, we can go back to the topic of that. I mean, it's only fitting he wears a Cincinnati jersey after he drops the song lyric that says, I wear red like I'm at a Cincinnati game. It's only fitting. It wasn't a red jersey, but, I mean, he was wearing the Cincinnati yep. jersey. So, I mean, it's only fitting he put Cincinnati in the song. Then he spotted repping an old-school Air Kicks jersey. But going back to that, so when I saw that video, obviously – the newer jerseys nowadays have the Jordan emblem and there's no American flag on these jerseys. And we've yep. seen the white ones up close and personal. We saw them before they got released. The white Jersey that Drake was wearing had the American flag. So as you mentioned, you do a little bit of research. One thing leads to another and you looked at it and from everything you saw, you're like, yeah, that was one of the old school, the old school Bearcats jerseys from back in the day. But then you start thinking, you're like, well, where where did he get that? But it was it was cool to see him wearing one of the OG UC Jordan jerseys for sure. You, you know what? Um, you know what we gotta do? We we just we gotta get to the source, man. We we gotta call Eric Hicks up right now. We we gotta get to the bottom of this. So let's 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 get Eric on here and, and find out what's going on. I'd like to welcome into the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast, one of the greatest to ever wear the red and black. And we need to get to the bottom of another great that's wearing the red and black. E. Hicks, what's up, man? Man, what's up, man? How you doing, me? I'm doing very well, man. You must have had a crazy couple days. Man, where were you when you found out Drake was wearing an E. Hicks jersey? I was out working with my company, and then uh... – some people sent it to me, and uh, I was I was very honored to see it. And it was actually the game jersey, and I was honored. I was, but I wonder how he got it. He had to pay some money to get it. I know somebody. Yeah. So so when I saw it, I had to do some investigation. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the new Cincinnati jersey with the Jumpman logo on it. I was like. That's the OG, and it had the American flag on it. E, you guys only wore that a couple games, right? Yep, because I think something had happened in America. I don't know at that time. But, um, yeah, you're right, 100% right. Man, we, we, we've got to get to the bottom of this, man. we we got to find out how Drake got an E. Hicks jersey, man. We, we, Drake has to come to a Cincinnati game and sit courtside like he does the Raptors. <laughs> That's what I want. I want Drake to come. Yes. Yeah. So find find time on his tour schedule if he's in Columbus or Cincinnati. Just swing through for a game. You know, give him some Jeff Rubies on Montgomery Inn. Mm-hmm. I prefer Montgomery Inn. Don't get me wrong because I love Mr. G. But, uh, yeah, um, he has to come through, man, sit courtside and yell and do all, all the stuff he do at the Toronto Raptors game. I mean, could you imagine that Drake courtside wearing an Eric Hicks throwback jersey sitting next to Eric Hicks? What? That would be an honor. You already know Nick Lachey would probably be in the building. I'm calling everybody out. <laughs> I'm calling everybody out. I get Nick there. I meant 
it'll be it'll be something we ain't had in a minute. You know what I'm saying? It'll be something like how Dion is turning Colorado around, even though they done had a couple rough games. You know, we're trying to turn Cincinnati around with Wes because Wes is a great guy. You know what? Go ahead and speak on that real quick. Um, both of you guys being North Carolina uh, natives, uh, just, I mean, just speak about your relationship with Wes and what you think about um, the job he's doing. Man, he's a great guy. When he got the job, I um, started calling people because everybody wanted E. Martin to have it. But at the end of the day, let's get to the bottom of it. Wes is a great guy. He's a great coach. I saw what he did with UNCG. And um, he, it just gives him some time. He's going to turn the program around. Like, I mean, his expectations ain't to make it to the uh, NCAA tournament. It's to get to the Final Four or win the title. Yep. So that's his expectations. Like, he got big goals. Yep. Now, when yeah. can we expect uh, Eric Hicks to be back in the building at the Fifth Third Arena? Regardless of Drake, whether he shows up or not, you know, you, you're you obviously a fan favorite. When can we expect Eric Hicks back in the building? Well, I got cussed out by Wes because I ain't been back up. So <laughs> I'm definitely coming back up for basketball season. I don't know which game, um, but I definitely will be up. Um, I'm going to take a couple family members up, so. You know, that definitely ain't going to be the Xavier game because, you know, that's always sold out. But I'll find a good game because our schedule is kind of crazy because since we switched conferences. Right. I said conferences. I meant conference. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. To the Big 12. Um, hey, last question, and I appreciate your time. Um, man, when are you going to give me some Jordans, man? You owe me some Jordans, E. Man, there you go. I've been asking why are you. Why are you always picking on me about that? I've been asking you for Jordans for a long time. Like you, you just torture me. Like you, like the a big brother that tortured the little brother about the Jordan. Because you know you got. I know for a fact you probably got about three hundred pair of Jordans. Maybe yeah. no, you probably. In all honesty, you probably got about seven hundred pair. I, I I can't comment on that, E. Oh, you can't comment? <laughs> no, no. How many pairs of Jordans you think you got off the top of your head? Estimate. Uh, honestly, uh, last count was like 575. You know how many. See, there you go. I told you, you got so many, and I never got a pair from you. You know, we're working on that, though, E. We talked about that the other day. We're working on that, right? We can't talk about it on here, but. No. Hopefully, hopefully, we, we talked about a couple pair of Jordans over the years, and I never seen it. I feel, I feel like a a ball headed stepchild. Like you just treat me bad, man. <laughs> but this is real, though. Like well, the conversation we had the other day. This is this is very special. Like this, this will be worth so. the wait. This will be worth the wait. Okay. Definitely. All right, man. I definitely hope so. You just gotta make me one one promise, E. You gotta get to the bottom of of Drake wearing your jersey and then get him. You you gotta get him. You gotta hit him up. Be like, look, dude, you, you're wearing my jersey. I need you. Nah, to I can't talk to Drake like that. All I can say is, I love your music. Thank you for wearing my jersey. Can you come to a game and sit courtside? Let's get it done. Yeah, we all gonna. Try. Yeah, I'm trying now. I got my people reaching out to some of his people. 
and I'm going to try to get everything done, but there's no promises because, you know, he's a busy man. But if I can get him in the arena, you already know he's going to want to probably bring the team out or something like that. No question. Imagine that, Drake. Drake at the hoop game. Imagine getting Taylor Swift because she's dating Travis Kelsey, get her at a UC football game or hoops game at some point. That would be later on. It would be like a a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. If we get Drake, then, you know, Travis would be like, oh, no. That's what I think, just personally. Like, oh no, I'm gonna bring my girl to bring him out there, for sure. For because sure. by the time we plan whatever game is going, um, football season should be over if they ain't in the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Right now, if I see Taylor Swift in an E Hicks jersey, I got questions. I got Man, they, listen, I know my level. They they out of my league. Like I ain't even trying to do that. I just want to be, you know, you know, you got to know your place sometimes. True, true, true. Just like when you say you're the best walk on or whatever, <laughs> when you're a walk on, you're not Kenyan. You see what I'm saying? No, it's a big not. difference. That, that's that's right. That is right. But hey, if I could get Drake there, I bet you Travis see that and. I don't know Travis personally, um, but um, I bet you if he see that, I bet you Taylor uh, I'd probably be at the game. I, I'd agree with that 100%. He... Yeah. yeah, man, but let's let's make that happen, man. I, I appreciate you, brother. All right? I appreciate you. Love you, man. All right. Love you too, bro. All right, all right fellas. So, okay. All right. This, this some, some mind-blowing stuff here. So, can you imagine this? Drake showing up sideline Bearcat game rocking the E Hicks jersey sitting next to E Hicks man what what would happen to Fifth Third Arena that game fellas hey they thought the introduction that Kenyon got last year was big if Drake popped in courtside at Fifth Third Arena it it would be crazy it would be crazy I mean everyone sees the environments like when he pops up at a Kentucky game Imagine him at a UC game in that. Him walking out of that tunnel by the Mercedes-Benz club, sitting courtside midcourt at the University of Cincinnati for a Big 12 game would be crazy. And, the, and here's the thing. Like, UK, they get a lot of they get a lot of celebrities that come through. And, and, and Drake's is the – listen, he's the creme de la creme. He's one of the top celebrities in the world. So, obviously, wherever he goes, it's important. But – for, for Bearcat basketball to kind of shift that culture back to we are the cool kid on the block, I mean, we would appreciate Drake being at a game way more than UK. You agree with that, JT? 100%. 100%. Nah, because it just would be – it's a cultural thing, man. I'm telling you. Like, UC was – just think about hugging air, especially early – I guess even late, like just think about it. Like people, it was the thing, man. Like people that didn't even like Cincinnati, like Cincinnati, if that makes sense. Does that For sure. does that now catch on? You know what I mean? But they're like, man, you know, like you listen to all these podcasts when people talk about players and programs that had a, a impact on them, even though they didn't go. It's like Cincinnati always comes up. You listen to knuckleheads. You listen, to, you know, the people that you know play the game. They're like, man. 
UC was tough. They always were super tough. You knew you were going to have to be in for a battle playing against these guys. And they would bring – I mean, Knucklehead is one of my favorite pods. And, like, I feel like they bring in OGs. And, they, I mean, if you listen to seven pods, a couple of them are going to talk about UC is going to sprinkle in there. It's just, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. So I just think this – it was just I don't know. Fifth Third Arena might blow up if he if he pops up just because it's just kind of cool and, at, and he's at the height of his his powers too. So. <laughs> and here and here's what I love about Wes Miller and his staff. They really get it. They like they understand the whole cultural impact. They understand the importance. I remember that conversation I had with Wes when he first got the job. We sat in his office and he goes, "We have to get this Jordan back." What do we need to do? Like, let's make this happen. And and when you've got a head coach that is pushing for that and then to see it come to fruition, like, you know, Wes wanted it so bad. Right. And, and that yeah. makes it that makes it a lot. Of, and then culturally, I think he understands the swag that was there nine, late 90s, 2000s. And he wants that back. He wants that energy in Fifth Third Arena back. He wants the celebrities sitting courtside. Like you, to your point, JT, that you made, um, you know, back in the day, there were a lot of, like, you know, um, I remember talking to Gary Clark. And Gary Clark met Jay-Z. I don't know if you guys have heard this story. No. Yeah, so, you know, Jay-Z's my favorite rapper. So so Gary, Gary met Jay and, like, posted a picture i called gary i was like bro we gotta talk about this and he was like yeah man he was like jay knew all about like bearcat hoops like from back in the day like jay yeah he wasn't really up on the new new but he was up like like he wasn't up on like the gary clark era but he was really up on you know the old school guys because you got to think about it jay-z shouts out kenyon martin when kenyon was in the nba like he he's got songs where he talks about kenyon true true right and so a lot of people were watching Bearcat basketball. That that toughness, I think it just yeah. represented it represented hoops during that time period, man. And, and listen, I'm gonna tell you this real quick. I was on a podcast one time, it was a national podcast, and I was talking to a guy who's like really like culturally up on everything. And I said something on the podcast that he didn't agree with, but about Two weeks later, he called me. He was like, yo, I did some research and I changed my opinion. I think you're right. And I said to him, the impact that Bearcat basketball during that time period had was as big as any in college basketball. And he argued with me. He says, well, Michigan. And I said, well, you're right. But Michigan's impact and that cultural thing they had was only a couple years. Yeah. Right, yep, UNLV, couple, couple years, right? Cincinnati, 90s to there was like three, there was like so many levels from you start with Van Exel, yeah, you know, the Danny Fortsons, and then you go to the King. and over a 10 year, he had a solid 10 years, no matter how you cut it, maybe wow. a little bit more. Seriously, he might have had, I mean, you know, if he didn't have the off the court troubles, it was about to get crazy. That's what people don't understand. He had people coming there before he got in trouble that would have put them back even higher than they already were you can say it oj mayo bill walker were coming Bill walker were there they were there they were coming they were there. Done so deal. you think about it he went there bill walker comes goes to K- kentucky state kansas Next state. year who, who does he get 
Bill Walker went to Kansas State. Kansas State. He went to Kansas State. But who did he get the next year? Uh, Beasley. 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 Yep. So Think Be- about that. Beasley would have been a Bearcat. He would have been a Bearcat. So you're telling me that O.J. Mayo, Bill Walker, and then Beasley within a, within a 12-month period? Plus with the talent they already had on on already on campus? Come on, man. I Listen, I... I, got, cry, I cry every time like every like not like when i think about it like it's like taking out like just pure fandom is it sucks thinking about that part of it and mm-hmm. just thinking about like devin downey not being able to stay because of you know the way they you know the way the situation happened devin downey was I mean, he beat one of the best uk teams by itself when he went to South Carolina, he did. Most people probably don't know. I mean, because he didn't, you know, go to the pros like everybody else, like John Wall and the Boogie Cousins and them. Like the dude gave them like what forty or something like that, something crazy. And he was the Bearcats point guard. So just imagine he was going to be the point guard. You got OJ Mayo, Bill Walker coming in. It was going to be crazy. I, listen, it was going to be crazy. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. That that run, and and that guy ended up hitting me back like a week later. He was like. Yo, I, I apologize. I did some research. He was like, he goes from the Nike uniforms yep. all the, way to the end of the Jordan. He was like, it was, yo, crazy. It was crazy. And he and he didn't even take an account. I'd tell him about Van Exel and Corey and him. He's like, oh snap. Yeah. You know? He's like, well, you, you you're right. And and of course I seem biased because you know I'm from here. So nah, but it was nah, man. It was still it was a different time. Like people that like. You can go anywhere if you talk about that time. If they pay attention to sports, they know about UC basketball. Yep. 100%. I don't care if you go to Arizona. I don't care if you go to Washington. I don't care if you're in D.C. You definitely going to get respect in D.C. because that's where a lot of the kids came from. Jermar. Yeah. So it's like you could be – it don't matter where you're at. Like if you talk about that time frame – People are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you see, was the that basketball team? Yeah, I like them a lot." Yep. Yep. So. Yep. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Now, you, now, now, fellas, you you know what we need to do now. The the next step to all this, we have to find out exactly how Drake got his hands on that jersey. <laughs> we we've got to. All right. So I'm I'm gonna put out a couple feelers. Neil and JT, you start talking to the folks at, at UC um, and, and talk to David. Like, we, we've got to figure out. we got to get to the bottom of it. We, we've got to break it. Like, this is exactly how Drake got that jersey. Because that was the original OG Hicks jersey. He said it. That was my jersey in the game. Yeah, that's fire that he had that. That's what made it. I saw it. I was like, I knew that wasn't a new one. I was like, that's tight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this last one before we get out of here, fellas. This has been a great podcast, by the way. Um, if you could rock one Bearcat throwback jersey, what Bearcat throwback jersey would it be? Give me one, Neil. Quickly, go. Sean Kilpatrick. JT. Woo. Oh man, this this is tough. I'm gonna go Nick, man. I'm going Nick. Bingo. I'm with you. I'm going Nick. It's crazy that none of us said Oscar. Thinking about that, but it's is it the thing is no disrespect to Oscar. He is like 
pound for pound, probably the greatest player that almost probably maybe even the greatest player ever, but still like he was so far removed. You like, you know, like with us, like we talk about Nick Van Exel, you you might be like, oh, you understand Nick Van Exel is great, but you're like, mm, that's not my guy. Sean Kilpatrick is my guy, right? It's like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's like you can't like I respect everything he did. He got a statue. Dudes, you, you do the research, what he embodied, he had to go through all this racism and you know, do all that stuff. That's like amazing. But I didn't get to see him play like that, like with my own eyes, like with Nick Van Exel, like dude, he was my first jersey I ever bought, like as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like Kilpatrick might have you might be that might be one of your first jerseys or whatever. But like my first NBA jersey was a Nick Van Exel purple Lakers jersey. Mm. Mm. Ever. Like I think I was in the sixth or seventh grade. May honor rolls able to get get it. My aunt bought me a Nick Van Exel jersey for my birthday. Yep. You got it? Nope. I wish I did. Damn. Yeah, I, I, my first, I, my first I, NBA jersey. I want the black. Away, Road Van Exel Cincinnati jersey. Mm. That's the that's the one uh, that that I that I want. I'm, I might just have to get that made. I'm not gonna find. You know how it is, like stuff. Yeah. Around, you just don't you don't find. So for sure. So the Twyman segment was sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a local owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, part and pre post-construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact on the web at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all the Bearcat fans out there to visit Mio's Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mio's for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And reminder, we will be doing a live podcast from Mio's this season. We still got to work out that date. We'll get that going here uh, very soon. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats! Bearcats.